Hello, good morning. Welcome to Wednesday's podcast. Are we going? Please hold while I check my text messages. I was going to say, can we put do not disturb on? Sometimes you stress me out, Nate, when you start texting. I guess I could put it on. Someone could be giving me gold for this. All right. Nope. <laughs> I'm uh, disturbless. I'll just use my computer. And Jeremy and Steven are here too. That was the that was the intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, Restoration Church podcast behind the sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. My name is Nate Gagney, and today I'm joined by a couple of lovelies, Jeremy <laughs> and Stephen, pastors of the Dover location. And the Plymouth location. Oh. Gentlemen, how's it going? <laughs> it's the first time I've ever been paired with a couple of lovelies. That's great. Well. I'm doing great now. Thanks for the boost. Yeah, yeah that was that was incredible. Yeah. My self-worth just went up. I had these a, two points. <laughs> I had a Zoom call last week with a friend. And about nearing the end of the podcast, because he had to interview me. He was interviewing me for Paper Red to Write. So near the end of the podcast, he's like, well. Anything you want to ask me? And I said, are you wearing eyeliner? And he's like, huh? I'm like, it looks like you're wearing eyeliner. Are you wearing eyeliner? He's like, no. Anyway, it looked like he was wearing, I still, I think he was lying. I think I caught him. Like he, he uh, was wearing it and forgot to were wash zoom, it off. You were Zoom calling? Yeah, we are on Zoom. <laughs> Maybe he had I a weird filter he didn't know about. Maybe. <laughs> That's a nice way to end. Yeah. All right. With that, uh, yeah. that's the end of my podcast. I don't wear eyeliner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should have taken a screenshot and showed you guys because you know him and you would have believed, you would have believed me. That he was wearing eyeliner? We probably could have brought it to the district and like <laughs> put him under investigation. <laughs> All right. We could still do it. Anyway, today... Welcome. We're talking through um, the God I created. So it's week three. We talked about Israel's demand for a king. Uh, I've only lived in a country that's had a president, but Stephen, have you lived in a country that has a king? Kuwait, yes. Kuwait has a king, and is it like Queen Elizabeth, who has a title but no real power or was it it was a monarchy yeah it's a real power so he rules the whole so they're called sheikhs in our in arabic mm -hmm. they're called sheikhs so sheikh so and so rules the whole the whole and it continues through the family yeah through the family so how many hundreds of years has this family ruled oh. kuwait do you think uh i don't know that's a tough question but it's, 
probably so last year they so even in Muslim they have like the good guys and the bad you know Muslims yeah. so Sunnis and uh, I don't remember the other ones so they kind of like vote in so this family goes or this family goes oh interesting yeah so if this family goes it's then their family heritage that they hand over unless there's something happen and this family is like all right we're just taking over you know stuff like that but usually in the whole middle east not just kuwait the whole middle east is the king prince you know it's that way right. yeah it's the whole power That's so crazy yeah it's weird because in our context this is like fairy tale and old school i've never experienced or thought about experiencing what it would be like to have a king not president yeah it was the weirdest thing for me when i went to canada and they had a queen on their money like why <laughs> why do you have the british queen on your money oh yeah oh, Don't really you know about the revolutionary war <laughs> <laughs> who are you siding with apparently they didn't care oh boy oh yeah it, it is an interest so this concept of judge and king you know i did a bit of setup work on that trying to help people understand we just don't think like judge theocracy mm. you know one government run by god a a monarchy doesn't seem like necessarily that bad of a thing like it's just so all so foreign we tried to set that up how do you i mean I don't know if you can say this or risk losing your government status. How is it living in a uh, democracy or republic as opposed to living under a monarchy? (laughs) (laughs) Freedom. (laughs) I love everything about the United States. I love it. I love it. Uh, You can speed up my process if you're listening. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I would like to say... (laughs) Uh, I think it's, uh, uh, I think there are uh, both sides to it. Like there's like here, there's freedom of speech, right? You can say pretty much whatever and, uh, you can get away with things, but in Middle East, you cannot, you're, it's really like you're, no, you cannot speak. You cannot speak. If you speak, then the consequences are like, like huge. Right. Like Like, you can be, you can be held more accountable. Like something you say, you could, you could be just imprisoned for having an opinion. Yeah. 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 Big time. So it's very like, really, you know, those kind of like freedom wise, it's less. Right. Here it's more like, like I can go up to the street and start preaching about the gospel. Right. Nobody will question you know, like they'll be like, oh, what the heck this guy's doing? But it's not, they'll just pass by in Kuwait. Right. You cannot, what you, w- you'll get arrested. What would be, what would be the outcome? So here, if someone gets voted in that someone doesn't like, our freedom of speech says we can create a whole Facebook page that is funny memes about how stupid that person is. What, what would be the consequence of doing that? You know what I mean? Like yeah, you don't like yeah, the, yeah. you don't like the king, so you start posting memes about that you, the king is stupid. Really, you can get into trouble. Yeah, you can really that, get that into, is something it's that easy. would be yeah. punishable. Oh yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. 
you can really get into serious trouble uh, doing all those things. That's crazy. You disappear yeah. into a prison <laughs> somewhere and there's no due process, right? So there's That's no the right part. to a lawyer, no yeah. right to, you That's just tucked away. You think about Joseph too, right? He's imprisoned. Oh, yeah. They're just in a prison and they forget about you. They don't yeah. even know that you're there anymore. They've moved on. So one of the, uh, it was late nineties or maybe eighties. One of my cousins, he got arrested for being a Christian and, you know, having a church meeting and he got arrested in Kuwait, but he was transported to Iraq. So he didn't know what was happening to him, wow. you know, like, oh, wow. so he got released from somehow God intervened. He got released from Iraq and stuff. Quite so. Once you're in, you you don't know what's happening. Right, like yeah. you, there's no like help. A God ordained clerical error. Isn't that how Corey Tenboom got out of the prison camp? It was just like they just called her up and released her, and in a week and a half, everybody was executed. It was something bizarre. I'm pretty sure it was Corey Tenboom, and and there was no explanation why they let her go. If they just made a mistake. So crazy. But it was a God ordained. Yeah. Clerical yeah. Error. It was. So you never know what could happen to you. Like once you're in, once you're caught, it's just a like process for, because they have the right, they have the whole right, you right. know, and wow. how much ever we try, it's hard. So when God says to the Israelites, you don't want a king, let me be your king. Right. That's some of what he's warning about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He talks through a lot of that. Yeah. And we, yeah, it's crazy to see it so clearly. I mean, I guess it's always, um, they weren't quite thinking about that. Right. They didn't, they didn't know. And even after all the warnings, they were like, we don't care. We want one. Like yeah. they never stopped to really think through. But yeah, he talks all about that. Like, here's what's going to happen to your kids. Here's what's going to happen right. to your wives. Like, it's going to be really rough. Your daughters are going to get married into that. And, right. Yeah, they're going to yeah. take your daughters and as their wives. And, what yeah. makes you think that was that those warnings were not enough? They just, t- the need to fit in, the need to have what other people had, that's what they wanted? Do I don't know. Do we think God's lying? Yeah. Right? So it's the, the similar thing with Adam and Eve. Yeah. Hey, you're, you're going to die if you eat of the tree of fruit and evil. Ro- Romans, is it 6.23? The wages of sin is death. Or is that 3.23? The wages of sin is death. And we're like, I don't know. I look all around. It doesn't look like everybody's dying. Right. It doesn't look that bad. I yeah. think God's exaggerating because he's trying to control me. Mm, right. And ultimately, most of the time when we first enter sin, it is not that bad. Right. It's kind of fun. Right. Having a good time. I've missed out on all these experiences, these parties, these adventures. Um and I think some people live their whole life and they never really face any consequence of their sin. They do on the other side of death. Right. And I think at that point did every party make up for eternal damnation? Probably not. Right. No, definitely not. Right. And you have, um, you know, the story of 
Jesus in the afterlife where he sees the guy and says, warn, warn my family, mm-hmm. warn my family. Is that what that, I'm, I'm not mixing up two stories. Am I? I think you are. Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're I'm mixing, mixing up two stories. So there's one of the guy asking for a drink and there's one asking, um, I'm going to have to look it up. You guys talk. Cool. <laughs> this is uh, what we're I, here for. I, it was it? Lazarus. Yeah. The story of Lazarus. Mm. So um, the rich man in Luke chapter 16, please send Lazarus to my father's house on earth. I have five brothers. Um, have him warn my brothers so they will not come to this place of pain. So Jesus is telling the, this story. Got you. Um, Abraham said to him, no, if your brothers won't listen to Moses and the prophets, then they won't listen to someone who comes back from death. Hmm. So even all the warnings from the afterlife, right? If you, if you had a family member zoom you in from hell and be like, Hey guys, (laughs) I'm in hell. It's, it's honestly, it's worse than they said. Yeah. You don't want to be here, please. You don't want to change your whole life. The moral of the story is their mind's made up. They're still going to, like, they won't even believe, like, ha, 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 funny Zoom background. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. And they just disregard it because, um, I don't know, we we do what we want. Right, yeah. Unless we have a heart that says, God, I want to do what you want. Yeah, it's easy to get into a mindset where, like, the solution I picked out is really, I'm just, that's what I'm going to want. You can warn me all you want, but, I, you know, it's dangerous to get to that place where where they were asking for a king. They didn't ask, hey, would it be a good idea, right? They were already at the decision point in their sin of, like, this is what we want. Right. Oh, well, this is going to happen. It's fine. This is what we want. And, we, and certainly we could probably think of a whole bunch of stories. Um, hey, Pastor Nate, I, I'm thinking about dating this person. What do you think? Like, well, <laughs> they they don't go to church. They're not saved. Well, I don't think you should. Well, we're we've engaged. Already been, we're already, <laughs> we've been dating. Oh, okay. I guess I won't come to this church anymore because you didn't think I should date my boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. Like, well, you came to me asking for an opinion. I I shared scripture with you. I wasn't just like, I think they're ugly. (laughs) I think they're a nerd. You don't want no part of that life. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it wasn't anything that we shared scripture, but they've already got their, they've already determined in their heart what to do. And part of it too, like, you know, the God we create. So like they, maybe probably they saw Moses as a God more than the real God. So when he, when he was on Mount meeting with Jesus, the people then, people couldn't wait anymore, you know? Right. You know, they couldn't wait anymore because like the one thing that they worshiped or like they carried in their heart was Moses. And when he was gone, they're like, give me another God. Like right. give us another one, like another person or whatever who were the yeah you know, the one they thing they forgot the real god the one thing i had thought through in in this uh 
in this week was like almost the second the plan didn't seem as promising as as they wanted. Right. So it's like, all right, it's working out. It's working out with Samuel. And then they were like, oh, wait, his sons aren't as good. Change, change the plan. Change right. the plan. I don't want this anymore. It doesn't seem as promising as I wanted it. And so even though it was like how God wanted it to be and who knows how it would have ended up, right? We don't, cause we didn't get to see that cause they decided against it. But the second it came off as, oh, this isn't looking right. God must not be in control. We need to put someone else in, in place. We need, we need a change of plans. And they quickly forgot because God dealt with Eli and his sons. He yeah. would have dealt with Samuel and his son. Yeah. Right. He, I mean, Eli and Samuel were contemporaries Samuel grew up and lived with Eli. So God wasn't going to let it right. go that direction for very much longer. Right. But, but they, they still did it. They they had all whispered, whispered, whispered and knew what they wanted. Right. So uh, it, and this is kind of how it could tie into us a lot. Like the root cause of them wanting to go away from it is they, they really didn't, Maybe not, didn't think God was lying, but thought maybe he's not really fully in control. Maybe this, maybe he's just watching us now and we got to see our life and we could do the same thing. Like, all right, well, I thought Christianity was this way. It doesn't seem like God's in control of my life. So maybe I'll introduce this belief system. Maybe I'll start reading my horoscope again, because that seems to make sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it doesn't seem like God's fully in control. I'm going to just... Right. You know, common practices, taking a scripture and applying it, you know, hey, you know, taking one portion of scripture and saying, yeah, I believe this, but I don't believe this. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. oh, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Trinity. <laughs> right. You know, like. I believe God loves, but I don't believe God judges. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those kind of things that we create. I believe God gives, but I don't believe he requires us to give. Right. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's easy for us. That's, it's easy for us to take the, the portions that come to us, but the entire idea of like, he wanted a special, when you talked about like not wanting to be set apart anymore, like he wanted people who are in a covenant, like that's a two way relationship Yeah, to where he is giving blessing. He's giving, you know, all these different things, but he's asking something in return. And it's, everyone wants his half of the covenant. They all, right. Everyone wants to see that portion, but it's harder when you have to think through like, okay, well, what is, what are the things that he's asking yeah, it, of me? It would be you like, know? Um, you know, we think about God like a physical trainer. I want all the benefits of having a physical trainer, but, but, but no, but not have to do anything the physical trainer says to do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to hire you. I need you to make me buff. All right. I'm going to need you to eat protein shakes and bananas and move. All right. Oh, I'm not going to do any of that, but make me buff still. Right. Well, no, if you don't do what I'm asking you to do, then you're not going to get the result you want me to give you. Mm. Well, why are you giving me all these lists of do not do's? Physical trainer, you're taking away all my fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want me in your life or not? Yeah, I want you in my life. Make me buff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, then you've got to 
Can you at least sit up while you're eating ice cream watching a movie? <laughs> you're ridiculous. Why do you stop ruining my life and telling right. me how to live my life? I hate religion. I hate organized gyms. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever gym I, I want to do. Gyms. I like that. <laughs> oh boy. We all want the the spiritual workout plan of the 50s, the machines that just shake a body part and somehow that's supposed yeah. to make us I just show up at church and shake the Holocaust, Holy Ghost shakes and then everything will be better. Right. Right? Like, no, you got to have some discipline. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's Good a great analogy. way to put it in. <laughs> We're all a bunch of. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to get myself in trouble with my analogy. We'll just quit there. You get the point. <laughs> you, you, you get it. Fill in the blanks yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Holy Ghost shakes. So, oh, God, God, God. So you go to God. Hey, God, I need your peace. Oh, you need my peace. All right. Stop watching horror movies. <laughs> God, I... <laughs> God, I... I need um I need deliverance. Hmm. God I I need a financial miracle. God I need and then he's like, "All right, absolutely. We're going to do it. We're going to do it together. Yeah. I'm going to be cheering you on." All right. Step number 1. Take step number 1. Too far, too much. Yeah. Well, God, I tried. I God, you said you were going to make me buff. I've been I've been walking for three days and I'm no different. Your plan is garbage, God. Mm. I'm gonna go find a different king. Mm. I'm gonna find someone else to follow. That's yeah, it, it it comes along the same lines of so you talked through the idea of like sin sin in the short term doesn't look damaging, but like following the right steps in the short term doesn't always look promising. And I feel like those two things are what make it so hard. Right. Right. Well, if, if I'm doing this sin, it doesn't seem like anything bad is happening. So I'm going to keep doing it until it's too late. But then, well, I'll try and do the right thing. Well, that didn't fix it. Like, and we, we give up on the good things because we don't see results fast enough. We stick into going our own way, not following God, putting other things as our king because we're not seeing the result. It's like the same way. Like we're so impatient that we can never really think the steps out, which really is what they're doing. Like, Hey, no, think ahead of what a king's going to be like. No, it seems fine for everyone else. Like we just want to stay, you know, we, we have such a short term mindset as far as what we're putting our energies into. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, Who's turn to talk? I'm still stuck on my gym analogy. I'm trying to retrain my brain here. So I'm going to talk about something else. We could talk about George Washington. We could talk about golden sneakers. I like I like the uh, way you talked about the precedent. Um, so that's really a key for every one of us, right? E even... Even as pastors, uh, leaders, you know, we we go, we become that person of the church or leader, and at some point, 
we hit that place, hey, it's time for us to pass the baton or like, but we held on, hey, what if, I don't know what's next for me, right? But I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to this because I don't know the next, what's next. Right. So, you know, we missed that mark for us, you know, but having that mentality of that precedent, hey, if, if I don't do this right now, I know what's, what's coming. He saw the future. Right. So he, he said, yeah, I will, I will really surrender every luxury lifestyle, like whatever comes with the package. I'll lay it down for the whole nation. So I think that was really important. That really spoke to me too. Like, you know, like when, when God speaks to you to let it go, just go and he will take care of it. Like, you know, look at, look at this nation now. Like the whole world looks up to this nation. Right. Maybe because of his decision that he made years ago. You know, Mm. great outcome, great outcome. Like, so what can be for us when we lay down some stuff, the outcome will be much more impactful, you know? So that really spoke to me. Yeah. And he didn't have that, that view making that choice for how the, like presidency would work. Right. Right, like, right. He didn't get to see like, all right, maybe this won't work out. Or if, if he had the mindset of how we do these days about it, like, well, if I step out of this and the, the other side takes over, this is going to, I'll just stay in it. Right. But it, it worked out. You know what I mean? Thinking through right. more the long term. Amazing guy. Amazing guy. The, um, the John Adams miniseries, if you've never watched it, it's really good. And there's scenes in there by of General Washington and then then to be President Washington that are just like really cool. That whole miniseries is really awesome. I'll have to watch it. Uh, I was homeschooled, so to 1776, the musical, that was pretty uh, educational <laughs> for me. Also, what's it called? Uh, shoot. The Liberty something. It's on Disney Plus. Hmm. So let's check that out too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of one of the things that you had written in your notes, and I think the point that I really liked was um rejecting God's perfection because of man's imperfection. And you had asked, obviously I didn't see the other two locations, but you had asked, like, hey, you know, show of hands if you've had a bad church experience. And um a lot of hands went up yeah. in Dover and, uh, and even just thinking through like that whole idea of like people so willing to turn away from God based off of the people that are around them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I share pretty openly people in my family that were pretty anti church mm-hmm. and no one can give a good excuse as to how God failed them. Right. Anytime I hear, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, for some of it, I very much agree with like my dad had a terrible church experience and I agree that the people that were over him were awful. They were not good leaders. They were not good pastors, but it just is a, is a trend. Well, if those people represent this, I can't, I can't do it. Right. You know, and it's so hard to look past that. Like we always put the weight of our faith on like how the people representing it handle it. So, okay. I don't want you to be a Christian because Christians are mean. Therefore God mm-hmm. must be mean. 
right? Because Christians are harsh and they hate people. So God must be harsh and hate people. And so I just, I just know when you like raise, when you had people raise their hands and they were a lot, like I'm sure there's a lot of those stories and that's, it's hard to see it on that end. Right. But then some of it sucks because we see it on the other end too. Like if we didn't do something great, we're trying to convince people like, Hey, maybe I didn't handle that perfectly, but that doesn't mean God doesn't handle things perfectly. And like, we, we have a unique perspective of, of seeing both. Um, I, yeah, I don't want to be the reason someone walks away from Jesus. Right. And unfortunately, you know, you can't be in ministry for uh, more for a few decades and there not be a few people who blame you for the reason mm. they're not following Jesus anymore. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like it can't really be the reason. I'm just a convenient excuse. Right. You know, there are I do make mistakes. There probably are a few people that I didn't treat right. But as a general, like, mistreating people and abusing people and mm. actually being the a true reason why people would reject Jesus. Um, well, I don't know the point I'm going to that, but I don't, I don't <laughs> think I've done that. And I yeah. try to evaluate that. I try not to, because the enemy wants to, you to blame yourself. He tries to bring condemnation. Right. And... Um, try not to do that. Try to keep a. Have, have you guys heart. ever had to work through anything like that of having a church experience that really set you in a like, man, I just don't know if I want to do Christianity anymore. Like, have you have you ever gotten to that point from a church experience? Uh, I can say yes. Uh, so I grew up in a really, uh, really traditional churches. Mm. So one day I wore a red shirt and black pants and one of the deacons of the church said, hey, you got to go home and change it or don't come to the church because I was wearing red. So for them, red color was like, you're too bad, like, you know, stuff like that. So I'm like, what the heck? Like, I was so mad. Yeah, they're controlling how I dress. Like, so bad. Uh... So growing up, it was just like I saw people differently. Mm. Like for me, like, well, like for ornaments, like jewelries, it was a big no for us. So, you know, when I saw other people wearing it, we were like, oh, those must be must be sinners. You know, I automatically because the upbringing was that. Yeah. You know, so I was like, what the heck? And then when I realized. I was so mad, like, because my upbringing was so bad. Mm. Even now, like, it's so bad. They they will they will never change. Yeah. So I'm like, what the heck? Like, like whole lifestyle till 21, I was brought up in that way. Wow. And now I'm relearning the whole thing and questioning my parents and, you know, their forefathers. And I'm like, what the heck, mom and dad? Like, or like why are you guys follow these rules? You know, it's, it's hurting people. And now when they grow up, when the students grow up, like they just go astray, like they'll drink, they'll party because they've been controlled so bad. Now they're like, when they have like freedom, when they leave that place, they're like doing all kinds of stuff. Mm. And for me, I was opposite. (laughs) When I got the freedom, I'm like, all right, I'll just, 
come back. Let me figure out what my faith is now, right? So, yeah, it was just those kinds of experiences. Wow. That's crazy. I don't don't think I've ever really had a leave the church type of um, thought. Maybe not be a pastor anymore. I probably yeah. have a few of those, but yeah. not leave the church. Uh, once, I think once my life, I had my experiences with God at 14 and 15 years old. I was pretty locked in at that point. Yeah. Makes it pretty hard to walk away when you have this piece of evidence that no one can disprove and no one can even prove. Like this is between you and God, right? Right. right. I think... I've wanted to walk away from Restoration Church maybe at different times, mm. um, but even then I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Um, not not as a pastor, as a teenager, young adult, yeah. like before I became a pastoral staff, like, you know, maybe the church will never change. Maybe, maybe I need to go other places. Yeah. Um, I, you know... I think if things aren't effective, mm. if we're not on mission, um, you know, I'll disengage from that. And I think if every if I kept going to church after church after church and no one cared about lost people, I might become pretty discouraged yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. But I'm still seeing lots of pastors and church people in churches like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's probably similar for me. I mean, I I don't remember when my parents really went to church. I don't remember any details about that. So really my only church experience is for restoration. So saved here, just kind of grew up as a Christian here. So not saying like all of our pastoral things have been perfect the entire time, but, but we have a pretty healthy culture, at least as far as I was concerned, being kind of quote unquote raised in this church as a, as a Christian. But I think same with you, like when I was serving as a leader in ministry, that was all of a sudden I was like, well, maybe this is a lot more work than, than it's worth. I know God has a calling for me here, but I don't know if I want to do the effort that it takes because man, these people are hard. And like, I didn't want to keep pursuing my purpose because the people made it so difficult. You know what I mean? Like that's right. probably more the, the, uh, the side that I'd see. Cause I, I don't know. I just, I have a pretty good disconnect. I don't think people are God. I don't think they represent him well ever. You know, like you you had said last, last week, like on your best day, you're a poor representation of Jesus. And like, right. I think I, I figured that out pretty early seeing things happen right. with my dad, seeing things, all that stuff. Like, so I never put my hope in, how people would treat me. And I think that was a little bit of a safeguard for that, but yeah. Good. The, um, I lost, I lost my, my comment. So there we go. That's, that's fine. <laughs> we're, we're I, I would just say, I think we're all, I mean, I am just exceptionally tired today. <laughs> Um, but I think we're doing great. We're all cheerful and joyful. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked. Uh, uh, maybe we got Morse code coming to us. It's fine. Keep talking. 
<laughs> Ignore. Uh, I don't know what's that, but uh, I think we talked through pretty much all of it, um, and maybe we can give some practical. Yeah. Well, my so my thought is uh, w- while we're talking about um, all these, uh, nah, I don't like where I was going. All right, we hit a we hit a stall here. Well, these uh, podcasts, obviously, they're not scripted. They're, so, <laughs> you know, from this week, Give Us a King, I think we have opportunity to place all kinds of things at the headship and lordship of mm. our life. Yeah, We can live for all kinds of things other than Jesus, even while we're professing Jesus. So to evaluate really to evaluate those things. Who's, who's head of your life, who's yeah. Lord of your life. Um, and it's pretty easy to make it about something other than Jesus. Mm. Right. It's got to be about work. It's got to be about my career. It's got to be about my kids. It's got to be about my relationship. Um, got to be, and those are all bad gods. Right. They're all bad gods. Right. Well, anything um, that we want to talk through, book recommendations. So the George Washington biography, I don't remember which author wrote it, but um, but I listened to that. It's pretty amazing. I never knew how he died. Do you guys know how George Washington no. died? So he had an infection, and the prevailing medical thought at that time was... They needed to drain out some of your blood. Oh, okay. So they drained out like three or four pints of his blood, <laughs> which ultimately made him too weak to fight the infection. Oh, and my he died. gosh. So because of bad medical theory, George Washington died. Oh, wow. That's so sad. Something like we would have, like, you know, taken amoxicillin. For three or five days right. and been okay. He died because, uh, okay, we're going to need to drain out his bad blood. <laughs> it's crazy some of the medical practices yeah. that had happened. That's intense. No, I didn't know that. I had no idea that either. <laughs> um, he, George Washington, had a lot of slaves. He had, he was in, he started inheriting them when he was 11 years old. Oh. But one of the interesting things about him was, he made provisions in his will that upon his death and his wife's death, all of his slaves would go free. So he stopped buying them for a while. Well, he stopped buying them, and then he um, and then he made provisions so they were all. Oh wow! Uh, they were all released when he um, when he passed away. You don't now, you don't remember the author of of this? It does sound. I can look it up. Uh, I'm listening to Team of Rivals right now, which is about Abe Abraham Lincoln and his president presidency, his oh, cabinet. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a biography on each of the guys. Oh, that's and so cool. it's going through all the different parts of their story, which is pretty neat. So Abe Lincoln, I'll <laughs> I'll probably bring this up in a dating series at some point. <laughs> But he wrote a girl a letter proposing to her, and it was like the worst 
proposal letter really? you could ever like um it was just like you know i guess i essentially like i guess we should get married like do you wanna <laughs> <laughs> and his speech has got a lot better she um she wrote back no <laughs> And uh, so then he was like, I can't even believe I didn't even want to marry this girl and she wouldn't even marry me. <laughs> well, that's probably part of the reason, but so I think it was Washington by Ron Chernow. Okay. Is the one I, the one I read. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing guy. And he kind of, he was in a lot of battles and, um, you know, the French, the, the, was a French Indian war. And a lot of the battles that he led, he lost, but he lived through them all. Like he'd be on his horse in the middle of gunfire and never got shot. Interesting. Um, I went to Yorktown and uh, walked through one of his battlefields, um, which was pretty cool. Um, because in Yorktown, you all the trenches that they dug are all still there. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, so you can walk. You can walk and, through the entire tour, thing. Tour, tour, it was really cool. That's cool. I'll probably buy that one. I need to learn more. I need to get out of the 1776 musical yeah. realm of uh, education. <laughs> so we'll talk about Abraham Lincoln here in uh, next year. <laughs> For a dating series. <laughs> Don't be like Abe. Yeah. Abe. Funny. Um, so anyway, we get the Washington book. Um, if you can go to Sight and Sound this year and watch uh, oh, yeah. the play David. David, which was absolutely amazing. All three of us yep. and our spouses, we went and saw that earlier this year, which opens up At to this scripture. the song, Give Us a King. And um, it was a really, yeah, that was really cool play. The way they painted that whole thing was really good. Yeah. A little bit. There's a Craig Rochelle leadership podcast. It talks a little bit about when we were talking through uh, how you don't see results of sin. You know, so he's going through a three, it's a three episode podcast on, on his leadership series, but talking through habits of a leader. And he talks a lot of, about that in regarding with sin goals and like working through that so that's really good um if you felt like hearing about that type of behavior and sin is something you can get caught in where you don't you don't think about the negative aspects he talks through a lot of that and it's a really good it's a really good series uh some upcoming church things we're next week is the new hampshire fisher cats game oh, yeah. so if you get 19 bucks and a free night even if you don't like baseball first off it's fun to hang out with church people yep but two, like being in a baseball park on a nice summer night is one of the greatest ways to spend your life. <laughs> Beautiful and calm and peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had said on in second service, like Eloise still talks about the Fisher Cats game. She had no idea what was going on. She thinks it's football. I keep telling her it wasn't football, but she still talks about it. Having a hot dog, hanging out with people from church. And it rained out, so she saw a rainbow. And something about that made it the best time of her life. So when I told her about we were doing it again, she was like, am I going to get a hot dog? Like, she's all excited. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. 
And is there something coming up at church? Here well, too? Oh, team, no, team night's a while from Team now. night's a while from now. We have the next sermon series that's coming up. We have one more week of the God I created, and then we're on to the series that Pastor Stephen has written for us as well called Airplane Mode. So we'll be learning together about prayer and going through that. That'll be really oh, cool. Oh, all staff meeting is before the next podcast. So if you ever want to go to all staff meeting, you're invited. Let us know. We'll let you know where it is. Or we won't. Because uh, it always rotates. But yeah, all staff meeting, you know, you're invited to come and spend the day with us, 9.30 to 3.30, praying, learning, worshiping, yeah. a lot of learning. Right. Um, most of the day is, is teaching. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we'd love to have you at that as well. And that's next Tuesday. So all staff and then baseball, they're both on the same day. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. That is going to be a long but good day. <laughs> a lot of people around. Yep. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for hanging. Yeah. Always a great time. <laughs> and we so are, I don't know what episode this is in, but we've almost done it for half the year. Yeah. Woo-hoo, episode yeah. 22. So 22 weeks of the year. Yep. We've done this. We've only missed a couple. We've only technically missed one. Because you had a three minute. Oh, yeah. yeah, but. <laughs> hey, uh, we're not quitting. Is that what I sound like? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks. That's why you love every, uh, like, um, Muppet song. Because you sound it's like really Kermit. fit for my voice. <laughs> <laughs> why are there so many? <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, guys, for listening. <laughs> I hope that you was guys Jeremy. enjoy. <laughs> <laughs>